Joining me on the show today is Paralympic swimmer and gold medalist, Ollie Hind. Ollie has won three gold medals, two silver and one bronze over his career, including winning gold at the London 2012 Paralympic Games. This was especially significant as he got to share the podium with his own brother. Overcoming his disability to become a Paralympic athlete, Ollie is an inspiration to many, so it was no question when he received his MBE. It was a true honour to interview Ollie and hear his story. This episode is another brilliant, inspiring episode by a sensational athlete. The Paralympic Games is, is the pinnacle of the sport, so you know it takes that next level. So I remember when we landed from from Beijing. Um, you know, I, I sat down with my coach and said, "Look, I really want to commit to this. You know, I feel like this is this is my purpose, and I can really make a go of this." And um, like I say, London 2012 was on the horizon, which was a, a huge motivating factor for for athletes up and down the country. So um, we we kind of set set together a plan of how we were going to get from where I was, which was kind of yeah, just. I guess on on the national scene, swimming swimming at a, a really good level, but um, needed to take that that next step to to make it to the Paralympic Games. Welcome to the Schofield Stories podcast, unmasking masculinity and mental health. Join me, Calm Schofield, as I work to strike the stigma surrounding men suffering from mental health. Every episode, a new inspiring guest will share his story. And this episode is no different. Welcome to the Scope for the Stories. Let's get started. Thank you for being here and welcome to the show, Oliver. Oh, thank you, mate. No, thank you for having me. Really looking forward to it. So you're probably best known for being... Um, a Paralympic champion, world champion, Commonwealth champion. Is there anything, anything else I'm missing there? Uh, European champion. As European, well, yeah. To, to throw it in there, but, you know, those three are good. The other three. So where did this come from? As obviously you are a sw- sw- swimmer. When did mm-hmm. you discover you had a knack for it, really? Yeah, I mean... I guess my kind of route to to get into to the Paralympic Games and like, I guess the the top the top end of, of the swimming world really. I, it started for me um, like a lot of other children do. You know, my my parents initially just wanted me to to learn to swim just because they wanted me to be water safe really. And um, obviously, it's a it's a really important life skill. I I feel and you know something that I'm really passionate about even to this day is you know encouraging kids to get in, into the water and at least learn to swim. Um, so my parents kind of put me through that process. So I, I just kind of, um, I guess got, got into lessons and kind of worked my way up, um, through the badger scheme. Um, and back when, when I was swimming, uh, like the top, I guess the top badge level that you could get was something called the honors. Um, yeah. and I believe that you had to swim. It was something like swim a mile or, or something like that. Um, so once I kind of got to, to that stage, um, I'd completed the learn to swim. Um, obviously, really loved being in the water. And, you know, it's always been been a really big passion of mine to, to be in the water and swim in. So 
I guess the natural progression was to go to the competitive side. Um, so yeah. after I'd fin- finished my badges, um, I joined my local swimming club, which is Sutton National Swimming Club, um, which I'm, I'm still a member with even to this day. I, I don't actually train with them anymore, but you know, I'm, I'm still a member of the club. Um, and that's, that's where I kind of started my, my competitive journey really. And, you know, from there it was just kind of local galas and, um, you know, just kind of local competitions for Sutton. Um, and then my first big competition was at the county championships. So, you know, racing against all other swimmers from, from all over the Nottinghamshire County, um, cause I'm from Nottinghamshire. Um, and I was, I think I was, a, I was nine at the time. Um, so obviously for a nine year old, it was, it was a big, big occasion, big competition. Um, and it, it was something that was called bag cat. So for those who are in the swimming, swimming world will we'll understand what that means. But basically um, for each event, so it could be like a freestyle event, it could be a sprint event, it could be um, a medley event. You get a certain amount of points. And then after like three or four weekends of racing, you get like an overall point score. Um, and that's, that's how they used, they used to do it at the counties. Um, and I actually ended up coming second um, so from my performance at the counties, I was then asked to be part of what's called the Nova Centurion Swimming Club, uh, which is, I guess, like the performance squad for, for Nottinghamshire, which is who I, who I still swim with today. Um, and I guess from there, kind of my, my real competitive swimming uh, journey started and obviously worked my, my way up from like regional to eventually national and then obviously international competition. And I guess that's that's kind of where the, the journey really kind of took off, really, yeah. Uh, was there a time when you started to work your way up that ladder that you kind of thought, yeah, this is something you could do professionally, or was it always on the side? Um, I think swimming was always, like, a, a really big passion of mine. Um, I always loved being in the water. Um, I guess to to add a bit more like context to the story. Uh, so when I was first, first started my competitive swimming journey, I was actually swimming as an able body competitor. All right. Um, and I was also um, playing football. So I guess, you know, I, I, I like to, and I'm not, I guess I'm not lying when I say that swimming has always been, been a really big passion of mine. Um, but I guess when I was really young, I think football, you know, like a lot of kids, you know, that's, that's kind of what I really wanted to do. And, you know, I'm a big Man United fan, so Paul Scholes was, was my hero growing up. That's good. Um, yeah. Are you a United fan as well? Yes, I am, yeah. I like it. Love it. Um, yeah, so so I, I was doing the two at the same time. Um, and then um, my health started to, to really go downhill. And at first I had uh, problems with my left knee, um, which eventually I had surgery on. Um, when I was probably about 12 or 13, I think. Um, yeah. And then from there, things started to, to de- decline. And eventually I was diagnosed with, with my con- condition, neuromuscular myopathy, uh, when I was about 14, I think. Um, so yeah, so it was, it was a bit of a, I guess a bit of a strange transition because, you know, I was, I was the able-bodied kid doing swimming and football. Um, yeah. and then as I got a little bit older, kind of until 12, 13, um, obviously I couldn't really run around on the football pitch anymore. So, so that was kind of no longer on the cards. And, um, 
I guess I, I had to really kind of dive into the, the no pun intended, dive into the swimming, um, swimming world. Um, and, you know, for me, it, it saved me because, you know, obviously as, as a young kid, not, not being able to, to kind of get around like you used to and, you know, having these, these health, health conditions that you can't really explain. And, um, yeah, it was really difficult. But for, for me, like I say, swimming really gave me that, that focus and, and that drive to, to be able to succeed in life. And um, yeah, I think that's, that's the true power of sport, you know, for anybody, it can give you that passion and, and drive to, to succeed and, and really have a, a um, I guess like a, a purpose. I think for me that that's what swimming was. And yeah, so, so obviously as I was going through the health stuff, um, swimming actually became more seriously, like more serious for me. And I, I seriously thought that I, I could do it. Um, but also to, to add, I guess, to, to my story, I've got an older brother. Um, he's about four years older than me. Who's, who's got the same condition. Um, and Sam was actually born with what's called talipes, so club feet. So his feet were like turned in when, when he was born. So he had surgery to correct that straight away. Um, so from, you know, the moment he was born, he'd always kind of grown up with a disability as, as such, um, and then later he was he was diagnosed with with a neurological condition as well, um, but he he was obviously as well into, into swimming, um, and he went to the two thousand eight Paralympics in Beijing, um, and uh, I guess I, I remember at the time, you know, he was he was living the the athlete lifestyle. He he got this dream to go to the Paralympic Games and and to win a gold medal. And he was still still at home at the time, so I kind of got to see all the the hard work. Um, that, that he was putting into um, his sport and, and his training and things. Um, and he eventually he did qualify for the, the Beijing Games. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't really see this as a good thing at the time, but, um, you know, kind of looking back and in retrospect, it, it changed my life. You know, my parents said, right, Ollie, we're, we're going to China to support your brother. Um, and like I say, I wasn't really keen on, on the idea of, of going halfway around the world to watch my brother swim. Um, but, yeah. you know, from the moment we, we landed in, in China for the Games, you know, I completely caught the Paralympic bug. And um, it, it just really, everything that, that I was looking for in my life at that time with, with my struggles, I think it just kind of encapsulated everything and, you know, showed that even if you, you've got things that you, you have to overcome and, you know, things that are out of your control, um, you know, there's a purpose for you. There's a, there's a direction um so so anyway sam uh went on to to actually win a gold medal in, in beijing and you know i i always cite that moment as you know the moment that really changed my my perspective on my, my swimming i always loved being in the water and i was very competitive but you know i, I said right okay my, my brother's done this he's he's represented his country and, and won a, a paralympic gold medal obviously four years later london 2012 was was on the horizon maybe I could do it, but do it that little bit better. So yeah, that was a massive turning point for, for me in my life. And I guess my, my career really. How did your training and if anything, lifestyle change after that? So obviously I'm, I can imagine it's a step up to train for something like the Paralympics as compared just for um, national swimming competitions, for example. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Obviously the, the Paralympic games is, is the pinnacle of the sport so you know it takes that next level so I remember when we landed from from Beijing 
um, you know, I, I sat down with my coach and said, look, I really want to commit to this. You know, I feel like this is, this is my purpose and I can really make a go of this. And um, like I say, London 2012 was on the horizon, which was a, a huge motivating factor for, for athletes up and down the country. So um, we, we kind of set, set together a plan of how we were going to get from where I was, which was kind of, yeah, just, I guess, on, on the national scene, swimming, swimming at a, a really good level, but um, needed to take that, that next step to, to make it to the Paralympic Games. Um, and it was just kind of, I guess, like incremental steps. So, um, you know, for, for me, and this is the advice that I, I give to a lot of young swimmers, it's just about doing the best that you can every day and taking that little step and always looking to improve every single day. If you're doing that, um, you're, I guess you're kind of like chipping away at your big goals. So, you know, for me, my, my big goal was to, to go to London 2012 and, and win a gold medal. But um, it's every day in training, just trying to be that little bit better than I was the day before, trying to improve, you know, whether it's my conditioning or my technique or whatever it might be. Um, just every day working on something to, to get to that big goal, um, you know, which, which we were able to do. And um, eventually, so it was the year, yeah, the year before London 2012, 2011, is when I first made the, the Great Britain team for the European champs. So um, obviously that, that was a really big moment for me to, to actually make the, the, um, the Great Britain team and, and represent my, my country the year before, obviously going into to London 2012. So how was that in the European Championship? Like, um, could you describe the first time you actually represented, you know, your country, represented Great Britain? What was that like for you? Yeah, it was such a surreal moment. And, you know, for me, kind of reflecting on, on everything that, that I've been able to achieve in my career and kind of in the pool and things, that, that competition stands out massively to me. and still one of my favourite competitions I've, I've ever been a part of. So, um, the Europeans were actually being held in Berlin, so it was kind of the first time I'd ever been, I guess, away from from the UK with my swimming. I'd never even, you know, competed abroad. So, just the whole experience of getting getting the Great Britain kit and being able to wear that, and obviously um, with with swimmers getting the so the race caps. Obviously, have the Great Britain flag in your name, and just I remember the moment when you know, you know, international debutants get handed their uh, their cap and things and just just little moments like that just made it so so special um yeah and I remember my my first race was the 100 backstroke um and I ended up winning a bronze in in that event um yeah I just just remember like you know walking out and you know the announcer saying you know representing Great Britain Ollie Hind and you know it was just such, such a fantastic moment it just makes all the the hard work and the sacrifice and everything that I've gone into to achieving that worth it and you know it, it's memories that I'm going to keep with with me forever and um, that competition ended up being quite successful for me I walked away with I think it was a gold silver and two bronze so you know for, for my first international competition first time representing Great Britain I was absolutely delighted with that and you know like I said London 2012 the, the following year was the, the big one um, so it was a great preparation for that um, but yeah, just just such a special moment to to represent your country and anything is is absolutely unbelievable. Um, yeah, and then obviously I, I got stand in the middle of the podium, which just kind of tops everything off. Yeah, I can imagine. Talk there a little bit about the sacrifices you made to get to that point. What kind of stuff did you have to, or are you still sacrificing really for mm. your 
career? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you know, to to be the best in any sport, you, you're going to have to make. Well, to be the best in anything, you you need to make sacrifices. And you know, for me, I was I was like 16, 17 at the time. So um, obviously, it's it's a really important time in you know social life. And you know, a lot of my friends were were kind of you know all you know spending time together. And I'd have to sacrifice that time because I had to be at the pool. Um, training away um, obviously really early mornings you know swimmers are notorious for, for getting up really early in the morning and, and swimming so um, I had to sacrifice those those late nights you know when my friends were were, were all socializing and you know gaming and stuff I, I wasn't able to do any of that because you know I had, I had to get my rest it was an important part of my my training so yeah it, it was it was a big sacrifice um, kind of I guess more in retrospect, it seems like a, a big sacrifice because, you know, at the time, um, you know, I, like I say, swimming had given me a massive purpose and a massive drive. And I've got these really huge goals that I, I wanted to achieve. And, you know, I was, I was so focused on achieving them. Um, didn't necessarily feel like a sacrifice, but, um, you know, it's just what you have to do, I guess, to, to be the best that you can possibly be. Yeah, and having that mindset must have helped. I can imagine that same with anything, there's always some days when you don't feel like training as hard. And what advice would you give to anyone to sort of battle through those challenging times? Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's the big one with, with anything in, in sport or in life, you know, there's there are times where you you don't really feel like doing it, you know, in swimming you might be raining outside, cold, wet mornings and freezing you, you know it'd be it'd be easy just to to turn your arm clock off and, and kind of roll over and go back to sleep but for me you know doing things when you don't want doing things that you know that you have to do to achieve your goals when you don't feel like doing them that's really how a champion's made and that's that kind of separates you from the rest I, I feel um yeah. and you know on those those days where I feel like that and I don't really want to, to train. I don't want to, to put the effort in. You know, I always think it's almost like a double session for me. Like yeah. I'm getting like double, double benefit from that session because I'm mentally having to, to get over the barrier of, right, I don't really feel like doing this today. But I'm going to do it anyway because it's going to help me achieve my goals. Um, and I think that's another really, really important thing. Um, set goals for yourself. If you've got goals and specific things that you want to achieve, you're going to be willing to put the sacrifices in. You're going to be willing to to put the effort in required to achieve those goals. Um, and I guess to further that, I think it's really, really important that you actually write your goals down so they're physically in front of you every single day. You you're held accountable for those goals. So if you're not, if you say right, I want to achieve this, but you know you're not really doing what you know you should should do to achieve those goals you're accountable, you know, they're, they're right there on paper um, and you have to, to be responsible to, to do the things to achieve them. Uh, so I think that's a really, really powerful tool that I've used in my career, um, kind of goal setting and, and writing those goals down um, for me to look at every day. Yeah, definitely. I think that's great advice. And that's something I'll probably use myself, particularly now I'm starting university, we talk about off camera, as yeah. I want to keep things going, I want to keep my fitness up, keep the podcast go in but with student life it might mm -hmm. be a bit more of a challenge so I will definitely be writing my goals down to keep that up as well yeah no that, that and like you say you know 
life yeah, away from from sport. Um, I think it's a, it's something great to do in in every kind of walk of life. I think it can can be a really powerful tool. And you know, like you say, mate, like life gets busy and you know things come up that you can't control. So you know, having those goals written down so so you can see them every day, I I think it's it's really important. Definitely. Now moving further towards you know the, the twenty twelve. Paralympics. When did you first find out that you were in the team for GB for mm-hmm. 2012? Yeah. Um, so I'll tell you a story actually that that not too many people know, but it's again it's something that I'm massively proud of in in my career, even more so than, than kind of like the medals and, and what have you. So um, coming off the back of the 2011. Europeans obviously I was on a, a really big high and you know felt great you know you know I felt like I was achieving my dream and you know I, c- I could really go on to that to that next level at the Paralympic Games so um, we, we really kicked on that winter um, the training block that, that we'd had kind of leading up to Christmas we put in some some really really good work um, we actually flew to South Africa for a, for a three-week training block um, which was, you know, an, an absolute incredible experience. And I guess the, the first time I'd really been long haul to, to go to like a training camp away with the team. So that, that was a really, really great experience. But, you know, my confidence was, was sky high. And, you know, I felt like I was, I was going to put some good performances in and, you know, I could achieve my dream of, of qualifying. Um, so the trials for the London 2012 Games were, I believe they were about eight, March, April time. Um, and they were actually being held at the Aquatic Centre. So it was the first time that anybody had been in the Olympic Aquatic Centre yet. And, and you know, we, we were going to get to compete there, which was going to be in itself a, a fantastic experience. Um, so I had the 400 freestyle on the first day of competition. Uh, like I say, I, I felt in really, really great shape. You know, mentally, physically, I, I felt like I was ready to go. And We'd, we'd worked really hard to, to kind of get to that point. Um, so I swam, hit the qualifying time, because, um, of course, the, for the Olympics or Paralympics, there's, I guess there's like qualifying standard times which you have to hit. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I'd hit that time. Uh, it was actually the, the number one ranked time in the world for the 400. Uh, beat my brother because um, we, we we raced against each other so I beat my brother so obviously I was um, on top of the world you know this was the best moment of my career and you know I'd seemingly achieved what, what I'd set out to four years prior watching my brother in, in Beijing and I, I'd qualified for, for London 2012 um, but I'd, I'd got my other events to, to kind of come later on in the week um, so the following day I had the it was 100 backstroke that's right um, of course, I was still on a massive high from from the night before and and quali- hitting the qualifying time. Um, got in to do my warm up. You know, everything was fine. You know, felt felt really good. Felt like I was I was ready to swim fast again in in my backstroke. Um, I picked up my bag, ready to go and get like my racing stuff on to to get ready final preparations for the race. Um, and I actually slipped in the changing rooms. So I slipped over and landed on my wrist, and I knew instantly that that something wasn't wasn't right. Um, so I, I'd, in absolute agony, to be honest, um, put my racing suit on, 
I'd got in the pool and, and tried to swim and I, I just couldn't. Um, so I, I knew something was wrong. And from then, obviously, I, I went to uh, went to the hospital and it turns out I'd, I'd fractured my wrist. Um, so I'd gone from the night before, you know, qualifying, fastest time in the world, right up here, the, the highest that I'd ever been in, in my career to being on the floor, not knowing if I, I would get the opportunity to go to the Paralympic Games. Um, yeah, so it was it was obviously a, a really tough time, um, and you know, for for me at that time, I I really relied on the people around me. Um, and again, yeah. this I think this is another um, piece of advice that I'd kind of pass on to to young swimmers and you know young people in general that um, surround yourself with a good team because you know the the times where things that are out of your control don't go well and. Um, you know, you, you you do go through those rough times because, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. Part of part of life is there's going to be tough times that you you have to overcome. That's that's just part of being. Um, I I really relied on that that great team that I had around me. So my coach, um, my parents, my friends, um, British swimming really supported me and the medical staff. Um, so I, I got to to see like a specialist and, and things and, and he'd say, right, okay, it's not, it's not as bad as you originally thought. And you can, you can start swimming with one arm after about two weeks. So after about two weeks of, of fracture in the, my wrist, I was back in the pool swimming with, with one arm. Um, yeah. So obviously it, it was kind of a, we, we, we have to make, make do with, with what we've got. Yeah. Um, my coach was adamant that we we wasn't going to let this beat us, and you know we we were going to overcome this, and I was going to achieve my goal of going to the Paralympic Games. Um, and we'd got a second chance to qualify for London 2012 about six weeks later, about six weeks after the the original trials in London. Um, and although obviously I wasn't absolutely uh, as fit as I possibly could be, and kind of raring to go. Um, I actually managed to swim my other events at that second trials um, and, and qualifying those. And obviously I, I recovered from the injury and, and did get selected and, you know, got to, got to go to the games. So yeah, for me having to overcome that and, you know, having that barrier, that hardship to, to even get to the games was, is something that I'm, I'm very, very proud of. And, you know, I feel like it's it kind of made me the, the athlete and, and person I am today. So um, yes, yeah, it's, it's something that, that I look back on with fond memories. Um, obviously, it, it was tough at the time, but you know, it's it's all part of part of the journey. How important was having that bit of mental strength or mental resilience, particularly at that time, to still you know push to achieve the goals you set? As I can imagine, it would have been hard to, particularly as soon as the accident happened, maybe to get back on track straight away yeah I, i'm not gonna lie mate like there was m many times during during that period where i, I kind of just wanted to throw in the towel and say you know it's, it's not meant to be um i gave it a good go but that's that but um yeah having that mental strength and again coming back to your goals if you've you've set goals that that truly excite you and truly kind of get you out of bed in the morning to to go after them you know you you don't let external external things kind of infiltrate your internal if your internal is just absolutely bulletproof 
any external things shouldn't really matter. Um, so for me, I, I did have that mindset. Obviously, there was there was ups and downs. Um, my goals, but again, also my team. You know, my coach was really big during that time, and uh, we we worked really hard in the gym as well with with my strength and conditioning coach and physios and stuff to to get the best out of what I could do. Yeah. Um, while while I got my my wrist injury. Um, so yeah, it it was up and down. You know that you know I'm not I'm not gonna kind of lie and say you know every day I, I wake up saying yeah I'm gonna beat this, but you know it's it's about being mentally strong and, and getting over those external barriers. Yeah, and of course you managed it because well yeah twenty twenty twelve. Why don't you talk about that? Because obviously home soil and everything. Yeah. Yeah, oh mate, you know London 2012. Yeah, it, I've I've been quite nostalgic recently because uh, probably about two weeks ago, it was fifth of September was the um, anniversary of when when I actually won in London 2012, and yeah. yeah, obviously it's eight years ago now, so so it's a, f- a fair fair amount of time. But yeah, I just feel so lucky that I was able to be you know a, t- a tiny tiny part of the games and. Um, to to have gotten that opportunity was absolutely life changing and um, yeah something I'll never forget. I will I will say one thing about London 2012 that I do regret. So I was only 17 at the games. I think at the time I didn't really appreciate what kind of the magnitude of of what I was a part of. And um, like for instance, I didn't actually take any photos while I was at the games, which you know is, is kind of crazy really. But um, yeah, I, I feel so privileged to to have been a part of the games and to be to be a part of that great team because you know it it changed people's lives. Not not only are the athletes and the staff that, that that were actually there, but you know the games makers and you know the people watching at home that are inspired by by London 2012 and kind of that legacy that it created. You know, it, it changed people's lives, and yeah, it was just the most amazing two weeks of sport and you know people are even talking to each other on the tube and you know all these these great things so yeah it was it was just absolutely amazing and obviously to, to be able to win a gold medal as well was was massively special um because it was you know at home in london was that more special if you could say i don't know if I really would more special but how did it feel particularly winning in front of you know the home fans yeah, no, it was very, very, very special. Um, you know, I was fortunate that a lot of my friends and family did kind of travel travel down to London to to support me and watch me swim. So, a lot of them were were there to see me win the medals, which obviously was made it even more special. And um, yeah, just just the home crowd. I remember the first, coming out for the the first race. And just the noise, it was it was like a wave. It it always like hit you in the face, um, and you dive in um, off the blocks, and you'd be able to almost feel the crowd. There was you know there was going that crazy, and yeah, it, the support that we received was you know something that, that I'm never going to experience again. And you know, very very few athletes do experience home crowds. So yeah, it's. It's almost hard to put into words how special it was and and how much it meant to to the athletes and and everyone a part of, that was a part of the games. But yeah, just great memories, really really great memories. And what was it like when you were actually racing, when you were competing? Particularly, not so much when you're competing, but when you were there, ready, you know, 
like um, a couple of minutes when you were about to start competing? What was going through your mind at the time, particularly on your well, when you won your, your medals as well? What was going through your mind beforehand? To be honest, you know, like I say, at London 2012, I was only 17, so I was kind of like the new kid around. So there wasn't that much pressure on me, or if there there was, I didn't, I didn't really feel it. Um, to be honest, you know, it, it almost felt like a bonus for me. You know, it was the first experience of the Paralympic Games, so um, to to get that experience is is fantastic, and you know, to be able to pick up some a couple of medals, and you know, maybe even a gold medal would would have been kind of the the icing on top of the cake. So at that point, I wasn't, I didn't feel the pressure at all, um, you know, which which was kind of a big contrast four years later in, in Rio when I, when I did feel the pressure. But yeah, London, it, it was just a, about the experience for me. And um, obviously I, I was there to win, you know, it doesn't matter what competition it is anywhere in the world. That's, that's always my goal to, to go in and win. But yeah, I guess I didn't feel the external pressure. So then you mentioned about the games in Rio then. Was it, harder because you already won gold in 2012 that you had a bit more expectations on you in Rio maybe yeah massively massively I think going into the games you know a lot of people said oh well you know you, you've kind of got the target on your back now and you know people yeah. are, are, are going after you and that you're the guy to beat now um because I guess obviously it was it's a massive blessing but you know the four years from London to Rio had been really successful for me across, you know, Europeans, Worlds and, and Commonwealth. So I really, I had got that target on my back and I think going into the games, I'd, I'd played it off and, you know, nah, nah, I, I don't really get nervous and um, I'll be fine. But yeah, I really felt it at the games and yeah, just the pressure to, to perform and, you know, I don't know if it's because I was a little bit older as well, that, that probably played into it, but um, my entire life, my entire existence was for the four years from from London to Rio was solely focused on performing as best as I possibly could and getting every every tiny detail as perfect as possible in those ten days in Rio. Yeah. Um, and obviously, there's there's so many kind of like different factors that that go into that. So, yeah, there was definitely pressure. Um, definitely pressure. I'd, I'd obviously worked very very hard for it. So I. I physically I'd, I'd felt really prepared so there was no reason why I couldn't go and achieve what I wanted to um but yeah I, I I ended up doing doing that and getting the two golds and two world records and yeah for me I think Rio is from a performance perspective that's my most special um competition that, that I've ever been a part of as if my research is right I'm sure you set a few records um, earlier and then again in Rio you came and bo uh, broke the records you already set or something like that is that right? Yeah 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 that's that's right so um, that was for the four, the 400 freestyle which is is my best event um, so my brother had held the world record since Beijing so right, since 2008 yeah. he'd, he'd had the world record and I kind of overtaken him. So we'd, after, yeah, the Europeans in 2011 was kind of the last time he'd, he'd really beat me, to be honest, in, in the 400. Um, 
so I, I kind of, I was beating him in, in competition, but I was kind of like edging closer and closer and closer to, to his record. And, you know, it was, it was a bit of a joke, really. Like, it became a bit of a, a joke and people was kind of doubting me and saying, oh, you know, you're never going to get your brother's world record. And, you know, more more and more times kind of went went on and I was just kind of like there or thereabouts. Um, but yeah, eventually I did break it at the... I think I first broke it at the 2015 World Champs. Yeah, yeah, so a year before Rio. And then it was kind of one of those. So once I'd broken it once, I'd, I managed to, to bring it down a little bit more and I'd kind of, you know, got over that hurdle and, and was able to go even quicker. So yeah, I'd, I'd broken it a few times leading up. Um, and then the other world record, the medley, um, was that, that was a really special race for, for me as well. Um, because the, the, the ex-world record holder before me um, was an Australian guy called Peter Leake, um, who had, he'd kind of been, I guess, the same era as my brother. So them, them two were, were racing each other a lot, kind of around Beijing. Um, so I was actually there to see him break that world record in Beijing. Um, and obviously, he, he was a really big inspiration to me and you know, was, was really supportive of, of my career, kind of going into Rio and, and what have you. And... Um, he'd back me actually back me to to break his record so to be able to actually do that was was really special um and the guy who came second actually also went under the the old world record so we we both went under it but but I managed to to get the touch so um yeah it was just really special and then his his coach was actually still part of the the Australian setup and the Australian team so she was there in Rio and you know, she came over and, and congratulated me and said, "You know, look, that was that was a really uh, tough, tough world record on the book. So to to take it, you should be should be very proud, and, and Peter would be very proud of you. So, yeah, that that was a really good moment. Yeah, that must have felt uh, felt very special to have someone you looked up to mm-hmm. and their coach actually congratulate you for setting a new world record. That must feel very surreal." Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a great moment for me. It was actually the last. It was my last last race of Rio as well. So, yeah. um, you know, there, there was very much a sense of relief that that you know all the hard work had, had been worth it. And, you know, I could, I could have a break and and relax a bit. But yeah, it kind of just tied everything together really nicely. And what was the sort of mood or atmosphere like at home after you set a new record? After all, because you're brother set the previous one that you came and decided to break his record what was that like between you two um yeah it was interesting you know me and my brother have, have got a, a great relationship and you know he's he's moved on from from the sport he actually retired in 2014 so he's been been out away from the sport for a little while now so He's been, he's always been really supportive of, of me and obviously taking his records and stuff. He, he always says if someone, well, someone is going to do it one day, he, he'd rather it be me than, than anybody else. So um, keep it in the family. But yeah, we, we're definitely competitive still. And um, yeah, growing up, that, that was a really interesting dynamic, having the, the two of us swimming and, and racing against each other. Um, yeah, definitely pushed us on. Yeah, uh, well, that was not my next question. I say, do you think having both of you competing did help? You know, it's sort of like that like competitive instinct that you both wanted to to be the best, really. 
Yeah. Yeah, it, massively. I think it, it kind of, it went through a bit of a cycle because I think when I first came onto the international scene, obviously Sam was, was well established and, you know, senior member of the team. So he probably saw me as, you know, his annoying little little brother and didn't didn't really like having me, me there. Um, but I think as we, he moved towards the end of my, his career and I, I moved through mine, like looking back, I actually really enjoyed racing my brother. I think that's something that's really made my career enjoyable. I think that's that's been a massive part. And so before you actually go out to race, obviously all other competitors are, are in like the core room waiting waiting to, to go out. And it, it can be an intense environment in the core room because obviously it's the last... Um, the last moment before you actually go out to race. So, you know, there can be some sort of mind games going on and, and what have you. So having my brother there was actually a, a really big comfort. And I think we both both found that, you know, it can be a, an intense environment and, you know, looking over to the other side of the room and your brother's sat there. Yeah, it, it helped. Um, so, yeah, I've I've got no ill feelings about racing my brother. And, you know, it's it's something that's been one of the more enjoyable parts of my career definitely um yeah I think everyone kind of expects us to be scrapping before and, and what have you but it, it wasn't really like that we you know we we both got an enormous amount of respect for each other and yeah like I say was was a bit of a comfort really yeah and it's again something that not a lot of people can say they've achieved you know obviously everyone is close to their family most people are but not many people can actually say they've raced with and against their families yeah Sorry. yeah absolutely yeah in london 20 in london 2012 you know we we got to stand on the podium together which you know not not many people get to to stand on the podium at an olympic or paralympic games but to to be able to do it with your brother as well it, it, you know it was it was great you know it was it was something that that means a lot to to both of us so yeah it's definitely uh, yeah, like I say, I think people thought that we would not enjoy it, and you know, like I say, we, we'd be scrapping with each other. But you know, it's I, I think we're very lucky that we we got that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And now moving on from Rio twenty sixteen, I guess and you had your your next set. Well, you were set on the Olympics, which were meant to be being held now. Was it twenty twenty in Tokyo? Was that one of your aims or? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Twenty Tokyo twenty twenty was was obviously my my aim, and you know it's it's been a a funny year for for everybody. Yeah. You know, never mind just just after that we're preparing for the games. But yeah, um, you know, I th I think with with anything in life, and you know, like I said before, with with the external kind of noise, and you, you need to just block it out. So for me, I, during this this lockdown period, and obviously COVID. I've tried to stay really positive and, and use it as a positive, you know, yeah. although, you know, it, it sucks that, that we, we haven't been able to have the games this year. It just means that we've got another year to prepare another year to train hard and, and keep getting better. Um, and before all of this COVID stuff happened, you know, I felt like I was in a really good place. I felt, you know, as, as good as I had since Rio. So just trying to recapture that and, hopefully have that that feeling and that momentum going for it for a little bit longer for me is, is probably a really good thing 
um so yeah it's, it's all about perspective isn't it you know that's that's a really important skill to have in life to to be able to to change your perspective on things uh, so it's about looking for the best particularly in a i don't like to say a bad situation but a challenging situation absolutely yeah yeah because you know there's nothing we can do about it you know there's there's nothing that that we can we can do you know you you've got to, control what you can control and you know if, if you're doing that if, if you're doing everything that's that's possibly within you to to be the best that you can be when when you need to be um there's not much more you can do do than that really so yeah it it sucks and obviously there are a lot more serious and, and bigger things to to be concerned about than sport at the minute and um you know that that's obviously very rightly taken precedent over over sport and you know i'm happy to wait yeah and well i want to say with all this locked on everything has your training been affected at all or have you still been training regardless yeah no i mean obviously it's for, for me being being a swimmer obviously you need a swimming pool for to to do it so um Unfortunately, I've not got got one in the back garden or anything. So yeah, it's it's been, you know, massive massively affected. So um, when we when we first went into lockdown, um, I yeah, I just stopped swimming. You know, obviously couldn't go to the gym anymore and, and what have you. So I, I kind of took it upon myself, and I, I already had some equipment actually actually with me um, at home to to kind of set up a bit of a, a home gym, yeah. uh, which I'm actually. Hey, I'll give you a bit of a uh, preview. So I've got my, my oh, little yeah. home gym set up yeah. there. Probably gym, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, no I'm, I'm very lucky to, to have what, what I have. And, you know, speaking to some of the other athletes, they, they've they not and, you know, they've, they've struggled. But, um, yeah, for me, I I wanted, like I say, I, I had really great momentum going into into lockdown. I wanted to keep that going and um, having this, this training at home, um, you know, it's it's been refreshing almost, you know. Obviously, it gave me something to do every day to, to actually to get in here and tr- and train and, and do some work. But um, for instance, I've I've got my my heavy bag up. Um, I'm big fan, combat sports fan anyway. So I like watching, you know, the boxing and uh, MMA and you know, boxing something that I'd always wanted to try. So I thought, why not? This is a great opportunity to to give it a go. And you know, obviously, it's a great workout for for me anyway. So um yeah like i say it's just perspective and um using the time wisely to to try different things and yeah make the most of it yeah and that's you know incredible to see that you have got that perspective that you are looking for the best you're still training and you're not treating it as a negative as again similar to when you had your fractured wrist like i bet it could have been very easy to take this as a negative and maybe move into a negative mindset because of it yeah definitely yeah it is so easily done and you know i i whenever i'd spoken to to people during lockdown you know i was very positive and you know i i understand that people really really did struggle um during lockdown and you know it was a really difficult time for for a lot of people um but yeah for for me it's, it's about being positive. There's, there's no point in, in kind of spending too much energy on, on the negative stuff. And, um, you know, for me, I'm, 
I'm a very proud person, so I, I always want to to try and get the best out of myself and, and to be in that positive mind frame and to you know life's life's too short to to be negative and you know kind of down and you know every everybody goes through through difficult times in in life that's that's what what being a human being is and you know it's, it's just inevitable every, no matter who you are you know how much money you've got where you live what country you're from everybody goes through tough times um but it's just how you can respond and how you can can use that to move forward and, and grow really um so this this lockdown period um i i tried to do that and like I say make the most of it um even even other things so for instance i i i like reading but i don't usually have that much time or or energy when i'm kind of fully training to to really commit to it but you know i was i was reading you know two three hours a day during lockdown and you know just making the most of the time and yeah it's just it, that's that's it it's just being positive absolutely and now as we come towards the end of the episode this is the same question that i ask all my guests I, I know you have filled this episode with advice but what main piece of advice would you give to my listeners now this can be related to swimming sports mindset anything at all just what's your best or a few best pieces of advice maybe okay yeah this is a great question it always stumps me when people ask this and i i always think i should have an answer prepared but um i think something i guess tangible to to take away would be kind of the goal setting thing i think that's really important now particularly as as we're obviously going back into normal life a little bit more and, and kind of getting out and about and you know like like yourself is is starting a new venture at university and you know people are heading back to work i think setting the goals is a really 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 important thing for people um just to, to kind of re-energize them and, and get them going again and get them excited to 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 go after it really so i think yeah definitely sit down and just just spend some time setting some goals for yourself and kind of what you want to achieve um you know it could be could could be something as simple as I want to get up 15 minutes early earlier in the morning so I've I've got more time to to get ready or it could be literally anything something as small as that or it could be you know for for the be the athletes listening it could be I want to try and make it to to Tokyo 2021 next year you know it, it could be absolutely anything I just think setting goals for yourself and, and writing them down is is so important um so that would be one um i think maybe for those that are going through a bit of a tough time and you know have, have struggled through this period i think just just spend a little bit of time um just just looking at your perspective can is are you asking the right questions i think that's really important and a lot of the times when when you're in a bad place or you're struggling you know you you mentally and internally you're asking the, yourself the wrong questions and if you're just kind of a bit more conscious about that and think about that what am I actually asking myself on a day-to-day -day basis in my head because you know we're all asking ourselves questions you know whether whether we realize it or not we we are um can I ask myself better questions that means I'm going to get more out of myself and, and feel a little bit better um so I think that's really important. And again, another, um, I guess, little exercise that you could do and write down is write down a couple of things that you're grateful for. I think that's really important as well as we kind of go into 
to more normal life and obviously people are, are a little bit apprehensive and, and negative so yeah just maybe try that i think that that can really help change your mindset yeah definitely and thank you be for positive all. Generally, yeah. generally be positive i think you're probably one of the most positive guests i've ever had on the show and i really enjoyed interviewing you getting to know you yes so thank you for coming on the show really yeah. all i've got to say no my pleasure mate it's been good to chat yeah definitely that's an important message there just talk and chat that's important to everyone yeah definitely definitely Thank you for listening to this episode of the Schofield Stories podcast. Without you, my incredible listeners, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. So I hope you know how much your support means to me. We're on a mission to strike the stigma and unmask masculinity and mental health. And just by tuning in and sharing this podcast, you are playing a key part. Schofield Stories, as always, is proud to support Stop Holding Back, a personal development charity for people who stepped out, a charity and a cause very close to my heart. Finally, if you want more, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and the official Schofield Stories website, theschofieldstories.com. That's all from me today. I hope you really enjoyed this episode, and I can't wait to speak to you again soon. I've been Calm Schofield. You've been listening to the Schofield Stories. Bye for now. I gotta be imprisoned before I'm able to